Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. It ain't over yet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Has the devil been whispering that in your ear? Has he been telling you it's over? There's no hope. There's no way that it's going to work out. There's no way it's going to turn out. God has the last words. He has the final, final say in every situation. Amen. We just give it all to him. Amen. Let's just bow our hearts to him. Father, we come to you today, Lord, once again. Lord, just have a need in our life, Lord, just asking that you would come and manifest yourself among us. Lord, we felt you already here this morning. Know you're moving among us. You're changing lives and hearts. Lord, even when we don't see you working, we know you're still working. You never stop. You're always pulling. You're always calling. You're always wooing, Lord, every heart to you, Father, that is yours. And Lord, today we just ask that you would help us by your grace. And Lord, if there be anything we've done or said not be pleasing, Lord, we just want it under the blood, Lord, and under your, your heart, Lord God, and just lay it there, Father. Bless each one here this morning. You know each need. You know who came. You knew they would be here before the foundation of the world. And we just ask God you'll just move among us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> Amen. I'd like to say it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We had a wonderful time at the... True Word Tabernacle Camp there in Ohio, and amen, the Lord just really moved so mightily, and if you haven't had a chance to see those services, Brother Andrew, Brother Ron, and my, just God moving service after service after service, and that's our God, amen, you, you can't put limitations on him because he's a God that's unlimited, and so, you know, that's how it is in our thinking. We think services can never get any better, but that's according to our thinking, not according to his, because he's unlimited. And amen, he wants to pour out upon us more than we can even take. Amen. And so we just thank the Lord for the true word Tabernacle Church. I'm thankful for uh, those that stand for the moving of the spirit and, and allow freedom to come into the building and and to touch hearts and lives, and really appreciate Brother, Ray, Brother Wayne Lawson. He's taken over there as pastor now. Brother Ray Erickson is still there working with him, and amen. God has done a real mighty work there, and, and Brother Ray stood for so many years of, on the supernatural and things of God, and we sure appreciate him. I look at him as Caleb, amen, as give me my mountain. He, he may be 80-something years old, but there's still a love and a zeal and a fire in that heart, Really loves the Lord and the things of God and, and the Spirit of God. And then Brother Wayne, as you know, he, uh, he also is that way as well. And, and I, like, I like to work with men like that. Men that will just put all forward, just go with everything they got and, and let the car to go down the road and let divine healing take place and victories take place. And Amen. I, I enjoy that, 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 that kind of service. And so... Amen. This morning, we, we want to take a thought on the light, the spark. Amen. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit 
that dwelleth in you. Amen. We let you be seated this morning. <clears throat> I got a little bit of, uh, you probably heard it in Brother Mike as well, but a little camp hangover. <laughs> amen. Our voice is a little wore out, but amen. We, uh, we're sure thankful for all the victories and things that God gave us and, and a lot of testimonies and things of God's changing power that working, working in our young people. And I, I tell you, I, every, everyone is a right to their own personal revival. Amen. And I, I believe that we ought to, ought to uh, ha- fight for that with everything that we have, that everyone can come to that place, that moment in their life that they can meet the burning bush for themselves. Because that burning bush is still among us. They didn't live and die with Moses, but that was Jesus. Amen. The angel of God that would come down and, and would, would, would start a bush on fire and, and, and change a man and change, and Brother Brown said, it changed the world forever. Think about that. One man, one encounter with God, it changed the known world of that time. And I, I believe that we can also have that same encounter with God. Amen. You know, as we look in the scriptures here, we, we look at this word quick and we know what that means. It means to be made alive. It means to be brought to life. It means to be, to be living. And it's, it's a spark. It's something that, that it, it comes into a place that was once dead, but now it lives. So it takes something to do that. It don't just happen, but if you find something that's dead and, and it comes to life, something took place on the inside of that. And Jesus, you know, he had the word of his resurrection. He, he could look into the scriptures and he could find, I will not suffer my holy one to see corruption. Uh, he, and he knew in that that it would take three days or 72 hours for corruption to set in. Therefore, he spoke and he said, if you destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up again. Amen. He, if, if there had been no spark, there had been no dynamics, there would have been no quickening, there would have been no resurrection. The word is not a dead word. It's a living word. It changes people. It delivers people. It heals people. Amen. It's not just something that we get up and we just say a few good things, but we're looking for the word to come and have an effect on people's lives. The word to come and to change the situation that we're living. And we look at Moses and we see the word that it was spoke there around that burning bush that said, let my people go. That word brought a change and it changed the whole known world of that day. It changed Egypt from a superpower to nothing. It changed the children of Israel from slaves, amen, to free men and women of God that they were born to be. Amen. The word always comes. And when the spirit gets in that word, it causes a quickening. It causes a spark. It causes something to take place. And, and it causes something to, to a change to take place. In Psalms 107, he said, when they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, verse 19, he saved them out of their distresses and he sent his word, but that word had an effect and it said he healed them. Amen. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Amen. Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. So when his word comes and if it's his word with power, it will have an effect. 
It will drive out sickness. It will drive out sin. It will drive out unbelief. It will change a person. As we saw in Moses, it changed him from an 80-year-old man, backslidden on the back of the desert. But he met that spark. He met that pillar of fire for himself. And it so changed his thinking that where he would take a mule and he would take a rod and he would take a, his wife and children and he would gather them together and he would go down to Egypt. And if you ask him what he was going to do, he'd tell you, I'm going down to Egypt to take over. Amen. Because he knew what it was like to try it on his own decree and his own word. He had heard the word before. He had, he had heard the word that he was the deliverer, that the word had been promised that for 400 years, my children would be in Egypt and, and they would be in slavery. But after that, I will come and I will deliver them. He heard all of that. But until he met that spark for himself, until he met that spot in his life to where he said, hey, at this moment, it changed me. And now it's not going to overcome me, but I'm going to overcome it. Amen. We can, we can, Brother Branham said Egypt, or he said something along these lines, I'm just paraphrasing here. He said Egypt will either, amen, either uh, dampen your faith or, or destroy your faith or your faith will conquer it. One or the other. Amen. Well, if you'll meet God for yourself, God will come on the scene for you and will change your whole world. It'll change all that is around you. It'll change your home. It'll, it'll change your family. It'll change your life. Amen. Think about that. Moses went down there. It, it was the same mule. It was the same wife. It was the same children. It was the same rod. But now he had met somebody for himself and he met the spirit that was behind the word. He met the power that was laying in there. So this word has a movement to it. It has breath. It has life. It, it's when it's anointed by the spirit of God. Now we can look in 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 2 and it says here, your epistles written of our heart, known in read of all men for as much as you're manifestly declared to be the epistles of Christ ministered by us written not with ink but with the spirit of the living God amen with the spirit of the living God not on the tables of stone but in the fleshly tables of the heart now here's Paul the messenger for that age and he's bringing it out of the Old Testament into the New Testament he said what really God wanted to do was not just write on tables of stone he wanted to write in tables of heart that men would serve him because they loved him not because of a law not because of a regulation not because of a do or don't list but they served me and they lived for me because of one thing they met me for themselves and there was a love affair between me and them amen he said in such as we trust we have through Christ to God we're not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything is of ourselves but our sufficiency is of God who has also made us able ministers of a new testament not of the letter but of the spirit not of the letter but of the spirit for the letter killeth but the spirit giveth life it is a minute but if the ministration of death written and engraved in stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance which glory was to be done away with how shall not the ministration of the spirit be more glorious Hallelujah. If that one was so glorious that you couldn't look on a man's face and it was so much power there, how much more should the spirit, the ministration of the spirit, the power of the spirit, the glory of the Lord be upon his people? Hallelujah. 
that's what makes a church a church is not the people that is in there so much, how many they got, who they are. What makes a church is the glory of the Lord. It is the glory that fills this temple. It is the power of God. It is the life of God that can come and spark and move and change and deliver and set free. That is the glory that we desire in this place. It's not my glory. It's not who I am. It's not any of these other preachers or any of you. It's the glory of God. That's what we desire in our lives is the glory of God in our lives. He said, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more does the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. Hallelujah. So if the ministration of condemnation or the law had glory in it, had miracles in it, had signs and wonders in it, had healings in it, had deliverances in it, come on, look to the Bible. It was under the ministration of the letter or of the law, but there was glory in there. But Paul said we have moved from that to not just a dead letter, but a living gospel because the Holy Spirit is here and it's not only just falling on a bush or falling on something else or on the ark or somewhere else, it is now indwelling men and women of God. And how much more should the glory of God be in the ministration of the Spirit? So if we can look in the Old Testament and see deliverance, how much more should we look in our lives and see deliverance? If we can look there and see healing, how much more should we look here and see... See healings and deliverances and signs and wonders and miracles. It's the glory of the Lord. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect. By reason of of the glory that uh, excelleth. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Seeing then that we have such hope. We also have great plainness of speech. And not as Moses would put a veil over his face that the children of Israel would not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away with Christ. But even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon their hearts. Nevertheless... When it shall be turned to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Hallelujah. When it shall be turned to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Hallelujah. We're not under the ministration of bondage. We're under the ministration of liberty. Hallelujah. We're not under the administration of do's and don'ts. This message is not do's and don'ts. This message is liberty. This message brings the life of Christ down into a believer that'll set them free from the bondages of sin. Because we're not under the ministration of the law and you know, burning this a certain day or doing this a certain day or taking this calf or this turtle dove or this or that and the other. No, he came down once and forever. And the life of this lamb can now enter the spark, can enter into you and it'll change you from do's and don'ts. 
If you're still a bunch of do's and don'ts and that's all this message is to you, then you ain't got the spark. The glory has not been revealed in your life because in this spirit, in this spark, there is liberty. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why I believe our services ought to have liberty in them. Amen. If God wants to move however he wants to move, we're going to let God do what he wants to do. Amen. If he wants to move in the stillness, if he wants to move in the loudness, if he wants to move in the dance, if he wants to move in the tongues, if he, however he wants to move, I want God to have liberty in our hearts. I want the glory of the Lord not to just fill our hearts and fill this place, but to fill this whole building this morning. I believe he's still that same kind of God. That's the glory that was revealed in the Old Testament. They said when the glory of the Lord filled the temple, the ministers couldn't even minister no more. Well, that's the glory of it revealed and under the law, under the, under the bondage, how much more should the liberty of God, when it sets people free, and it sets bondage free, and it breaks chains, and it breaks darkness, and light shines in. How much more is that glory? There's liberty. How dare some man want to come and bind the people of God? No, no, we've been brought to liberty. What, what vindicated, you know, but what vindicated Jesus was who he said he was, was not all the miracles and all the signs and all the wonders. Yes, that was part of it. But what really vindicated him who he was, was he rose from the dead. And listen, what's going to vindicate us who we say we are is not going to be all the miracles, and we're going to have them. We're going to have signs and wonders. All those are, are part of it, but what's really going to vindicate who we say we are is the body change. Amen. Is the lifting up of this flesh and it changing it to such a place. It changes it from mortality into immortality, from corruptible into incorruptible. Hallelujah. The light of God came down and it sparked that dead body that was laying there in a grave and, and it brought it back to life again. You know, brother, I read it to you. All the things that Jesus did and certainly appreciating all of his vindication of God's word and what he did to fulfill it of healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils, preaching the gospel to the poor, fulfilling every word that God said he would do when he came and then also suffering for our sins in our stead to be the propitiation of sins at the cross where no one else could have done it but him. But above all that, I think Easter sealed the whole thing. We don't know what Easter is, it's resurrection. Because there had been prophets on the earth before who had prophesied. There had been prophets on the earth before who healed the sick, raised the dead, done the same signs that Jesus did. But Easter proved who he was. It sealed the word of God forever for the true believer. And all gloom and all doubt was shattered on that blissful morning. Hallelujah, every critic was shut up in a prison house. Men had been shut up before in prison houses. Religious people for this day, seeing great religious moves and moving of the Holy Spirit and so forth. But when this man died, it seemed it settled it. He was not who he said he was. But he said, I have power to lay my life down and I have power to take it up again. 
Hallelujah. And then go ahead and that proved what he said to me. That's what sealed it. Amen. When he's something that was said and then it's turned around and it's proven. He said, God purposed to prove his word the truth. There was only one man could do that, and that was Jesus. And he came and proved to that to be the truth. It sealed it. And that broke all the seals of gloom. And it scattered all the superstitions of religion where great men had raised up and said marvelous things. But every one of them were still in the grave. But this Christian religion is the only one who has an empty tomb. Amen, an empty tomb. And that proves to me that he was God of the living and God of the dead. He was a God that could go down and die. But he was a God that could come up again. This quickening power, this quickening spirit has proved of the years. He's the one who can quicken the dead back to life again. Woo, hallelujah. I want you to understand that same resurrection power is in the building this morning. You might be dead in your sins or dead in your traditions or dead of of years of nothingness, but there's a God who's rich in mercy. There's a voice here this morning that opened the grave. Come on, and Lazarus can walk out of there. And there's liberty here this morning. And say, loose him of those gray clothes. Hallelujah. Unbind his feet so he can move a little bit. Unbind his hands so he can worship. Untake it around his mouth so he can sing the praises of Almighty God. Hallelujah. I said this morning, Lazarus, come forth. There's a spark here this morning that'll raise the dead. It'll break the t- seals on the tomb that has sealed you in year after year after year. If it's all right this morning, we're gonna have some church. Because as many of you have been sealed in tombs of your traditions. Amen, sealed in your tombs of past failures and past mistakes and you never can get past them and you're wrapped up in all that nonsense but there's a voice of resurrection here this morning. There's a spark that's greater than your lukewarmness. There's a spark that's greater than your backslidden condition. There's a spark that is greater than what you're going through. Hallelujah. There's a spark that's greater than the sickness that's here this morning. There's a spark that is greater than the sin that is holding you. When he proved by his promise this great conquering power, on Easter he proved he could conquer death, hell, and the grave. I am he that was dead. Was dead. Was dead. He's not dead no more. So if this God ain't dead, he don't want a dead people. Amen. How can we expect to say we got the same life he had and we're dead? No, no, we ain't got it. There's a spark. There's a, there's a life. Hallelujah. What a statement. I am he that was dead, but I'm alive again and forevermore. In other words, there ain't another time I'm going down in that grave because this one time has sealed it forever who I am. Hallelujah. And I have the keys to death, hell, and the grave. What a statement for anyone to make. But not only did he make the statement, he proved what he had, what he said was true. See, the word alone is a dead letter, but there's a light or a spark 
that'll make it live. Amen. You know, he said like this one place. He said, what if we had two brand new cars? All the seats were made out of doe skin. You know, the softest of leather. Easy and soft to sit in. Floorboards were plush. Steering wheel was nickel plated. Diamond studs everywhere. The engine had been, was mechanically tested to be exactly the right engine for the car. All the bearings were greased up. The tires were puncture proof and blowout free. (laughs) You realize what kind of car we got available? The tires were puncture proof and blowout free and been scientifically tested. They had been pushed off the assembly line, both of them, both of them filled up with gasoline. That's the running power, the gasoline, because it's the octane. But now when you're going to start them, although both of them look just alike, there's one of them that don't have any spark. Hello, any firing power. You say, well, the power's in the gasoline. I don't care how much power is in the gasoline. Until there's a spark, that power and that, that what's in there is confirmed to be gasoline. It might as well be just water. No matter how much theologians claim or how well you got your church set or how much education you can pump into it, how much you like the Bible, until that wave sheath, the Holy Spirit comes to that person and quickens that word. The gasoline represents the word. But it might as well be water if there ain't no spark. It won't move without the Spirit. We have put, now listen, I'm going to go through a lot of these this morning. We have put too much stress on the mechanics and nothing on the dynamics. It needs the dynamic power of God, the resurrected power of the Lord Jesus Christ upon the church to manifest and to bring the past that this is gasoline. It might be a gasoline can, but it can still have just water in it. Any of y'all ever made that mistake? Thought you had some gasoline in a gas can. Looked like a gas can. When poured it off in your engine. You ain't going nowhere. You ain't mowing no grass. You're not doing nothing but sputtering. Come on now. There's a lot of sputtering going around. Amen. Because they've not put that octane of the word on the inside of them. And then allow the spark of God to come down and ignite what is there. Oh, yeah. Amen. They've allowed other spirits to ignite bitterness that's on the inside of there. Hello, somebody. They allowed other spirits to come and ignite hatefulness that's on the inside of there and unforgiveness on the inside of there and spirits of every kind. But let's get the right things on the inside. Listen, I'm not saying you don't need the word. You got to have the word because you can have all the spark you want to. And if it ain't nothing but water, it ain't going nowhere. Amen. But we must have the word of God line upon line, precept upon precept. 
It's got to be put on and added to. Amen. Why? There's a spark that we need to bring it to life. He said it only, he said it, it might be a gasoline can, but it could still just be water. The only proof is put the life on it and it'll prove whether it's gasoline or not. Hallelujah. Amen. You let the power of God start moving through here. It'll prove to a lot of you whether you got gasoline or you got water. Amen. But if there's gasoline on the inside, it'll be a deep that calleth unto the deep. And there'll be a deep to respond. You say, Brother Timothy, are you trying to make us have an explosion? Sure I am. Amen. You say, well, I'm a quiet person. Well, listen, there's, there's, there's quiet and there's formal. Two different things. You can be quiet, but not be formal. Hello, you can be loud and jumping and be formal. <laughs> amen. Amen. But what we want, amen, is something igniting taking place. Amen. The fire of God that'll make the car crank and go down the road. It'll make it live. It'll make it, amen, live, and amen, not just on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night, but every day of your life. It'll make you husbands live like a husband ought to live. It'll make you lead your children like a husband ought to lead your children. It'll make wives live like wives ought to live. And children live like children ought to live. He says, when you try to put the Holy Spirit in denomination, you're as much as trying. He said, you can get a sputter, but it'll ruin your engine. Get it full of carbon. He said, I'm so glad there's a 10,000 octane power, the word of God, and there's a Holy Ghost to light it up. To resurrect the power of God in a man's life or a woman's life or in church that'll prove that Cadillac down the road yonder on the dynamic, that'll show that Cadillac down the road yonder on the dynamic power of the Holy Ghost, which will come back, which come back and was waved over the people at the day of Pentecost, making them the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he goes on in and he said, There have been churches, churches, brides, brides, churches, brides, but there's got to come one. That has come, has to come a real bride that's not only got the mechanics, but it's also got the dynamics that makes the church live and move in the power of its resurrection until we come to that place. What is it good, good, good does it do to polish the, hub, uh, the hubs on the outside? <laughs> and you can have the most awesome car in the world, and it can be just as pretty as it can be. And this is what he's saying give it a Simonized job, which is a polishing job. You can polish it all up and she can be shiny and pretty. But on the inside of her, you hit the old starter button, there ain't no life. Whoa, 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 whoa. What good has it been for you to spend all that time? <laughs> Polishing up, amen, the outside of your life when on the inside of, whoa, 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 whoa. On the inside, bitterness is coming out and hatred is coming out. But you're polishing up the outside so everybody thinks you're a Christian. Everybody believes you're surely a son of God and a man, but on the inside, rrr, 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 rrr. growling about this and growling about that, hateful about this and hateful about that. Come on, somebody. Amen. There needs to be a change on the inside. No matter how much the mechanics prove to be right, there's got to be dynamics to make it work. 
That's what he proved. That's what Easter proved. It wasn't the only the word. He was God himself, the dynamics in the word that made the body of Jesus Christ that was cold, dead, and stiff in the grave shake to life again and rise up and roll away the stone and say, I am he that was dead. He was so dead to the sun said he was, the moon said he was, the stars said he was, nature said he was, and now the whole world has to recognize he's alive again. He was not only the mechanics, he was the dynamics, and he being the groom, the bride, has to come also forth because it's part of him. It can't be only the manifestation, the fulfilling of all revelations. Any others that spoke of the bride, it can only manifest. It does something different from the groom. It isn't the bride. She is flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, life of his life, power of his power. She is him. That's why he said, the works that I do shall ye do also. Until the church becomes both dynamics and mechanics, the spirit of God that moved him to do the things he did. He hit on 16 cylinders. So will the bride. Hallelujah. John 14, 12 said, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he live also. I give him a charge of my dynamics and his mechanics that the word will not be able to stand up, will be able to withstand it. I'll raise him up again the last day. That's the Easter message. The dynamics and the mechanics together. Amen. The mechanics working with the, without the dynamics is no good. Neither is the dynamics without the mechanics. It takes both of them, word and spirit. Spirit and truth. Takes two wings to fly. It only works as they come together. One to sit still and the other go up. The only thing that thing that there is to it. Yet you might, you, they both might look alike. They might claim to be churches. They might claim to be the bride. But one has the mechanics and dynamics that'll take it down the road. He said the other just won't move, no matter how good the mechanics is, until the dynamics come. When the dynamics come, the fire is made to connect to the octane and that gasoline. And when that explodes, it causes a combustion, and that combustion moves every motion. Every motion, it moves every motion, every move, for he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's the resurrection. That's the real power of God. Mechanics with the dynamics. Notice, it's the spirit that quickens. It's the spark that fires. It's not the gas that fires. It's the spark. I mean, hey, I I went out and poured gas all over a big old burn pile before and you could jump up and down all you wanted to. It wasn't going to burn nothing. But let me tell you, if you ever got a spark to it, (laughs) if you ever let a spark get out, it was going to burn and it was going to explode. I mean, every witness that, hey, maybe I'm the only fire bug around here. (laughs) Amen. You know, I, 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 I remember one time as a young man, I, I throwed a bunch of gasoline. I didn't realize how explosive that stuff was. And I just poured it all out. I said, well, a little do good, a lot to do better. That was my idea of it. So I just, I just doused it real good. I walked away from there, and I come back, and I lit that dude up. Woo-wee! We had some shouting and screaming going on for sure. Amen. It exploded. There sparks and embers all over the place. It's that limbs that were lifted up into the heavens. All kinds of things were taking place. I was running for my life. 
Amen. Amen. That's what happens to a lot of people when they ain't expecting an explosion. Amen. They might be sitting there dead in form, but all of a sudden an explosion will take place. And they'll start running for their lives. They'll leave out the door and they go get in their cars. But those who want it, those that desire, they say, Lord, 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 not let me just witness the explosion. Let me be the explosion. Let it ride inside of my life. Hallelujah. What good is a car going to do you sit in your driveway? What good is a message going to be just sitting on the shelf somewhere? And that's all you know is a bunch of quotes. And you can quote them better than some preachers, but you can't live it. But I tell you, there's a life that can come on the inside. That'll make that quote get off a shelf or out of your head and get down in your heart. And you'll run right over the top of that devil. I told you this before and I told it at the camp, but it's a good story. On the way to this church one, uh, one evening, I think it was a Wednesday night, we're riding along going down 160. Pray, pray that bridge to get fixed. We've been out three years. Come on now. And so anyway, we're riding down that road and I'm just, sun is in my face and I kind of meditate and ain't really paying no attention. All of a sudden, my last second vision, I saw a snake come out. Come right out into the road, and I'm dead snake. And I'm riding, I look over Sister Ruth, I said, Sister Ruth, I said, I, I tell you what, I didn't see that snake coming. She said, I think the better part of that, he didn't see you coming. <laughs> I got to think about it as I told that at that youth camp. I got to thinking about it. now we don't just got a bunch of cars. Just been sitting, polishing the hub, wearing the right dress, wearing the right hair, wearing the right thing, doing the right. No, no, we got some cars that'll go down the road. And that snake on one Monday, Tuesday morning after you got back or whatever it was, he decided, you know what? <laughs> he said, you know what? I'm going to walk out in front of them or I'm going to crawl out, whatever he does, and I'm going to come right out and I'm going to stop them like I did before. I'm going to stop them in the middle of the track. I'm going to put my hand up and I'm going to stop this. The next thing you know, boom. Hallelujah. He found out this wasn't a car that was just sitting in the mom and daddy's home no more. This was a car that'll run right over the top of him. Hallelujah. It'll run right over him in the bedroom, in the car, no matter where he steps out. Devil, you be careful. Hallelujah. There's a power living on the inside of some young people that'll put tread marks on your eyes. That'll run you over. <laughs> I got to thinking about that as they lay as they laid there in that road. Like, what happened? What in the world happened? Another devil comes up and said, What happened to you? He said, Well, what happened was I was gonna do like I always did. They came back from camps before and I stopped them. They came back from places of the Spirit of God moving before and I stopped them. I got in their ear enough and it stopped them before, but something was different this time. Something was different this time. It was, I, I didn't get out in front of a car that was parked. It was running down the highway. Hallelujah. Do not see some cars this morning that's going down the highway, that's going down the healing, that's going down.
going down to joy. It's going down to speaking a tongue. It's going down to all things God has. Hallelujah. It's a ride over every devil. Hey, put 10 devils up. It don't matter. You don't have enough power. Because the power that's on the inside of me is greater than he that's in the world. But there's some people that don't like fire. But I personally like fire. I, Brother Philip, there's something about a fire. I remember when that fire struck your heart. It was real. <laughs> I know the devil wants to tell you it wasn't, but it was. It is. Amen. Woo-wee. Hallelujah. But you know, I was up there in, in Banff, pretty place. Who, who's ever been to Banff? It's, it's one of the most, maybe one day in the millennium I'll get to live up there. It'd be awesome. But anyway, we was out on the boat with a brother and his wife, brother Jerry Fury, and wife, sister Debbie, me and sister Ruth. We was taking this tour on a boat. On this side was a big old burnover. Nothing but just dead nothing's looking little few little twigs coming up and things coming up. On this side, the most beautiful forest you've ever seen in your life. And that driver of that boat, he back calls me to tip it over. Because he said, let me ask y'all something. He said, which side of this lake has the most life in it? And uh, others would say, well, it's got to be that beautiful forest over there. And I'm just sitting there listening and thinking about this. He said, no. He said, actually, that side over there that looks like nothing, it's got the most life in it. He said, because these trees... You know, we said, we out here, we, got, we practice uh, fire burns and fire bans, and, and we try to control fires. And he said, back in the history of time, that when the fire started by lightning storm or whatever, man, by man or whatever, it just burnt. But that was nature's way of replenishing itself. It was nature's way of taking the old growth out and, and the new growth coming. And in that new growth, that's where life is. You know, about to tip the boat over. Amen. Because I remember what Brother Brown talked about, the old growth and the new growth. And life being in there. He said, but on this side of this valley up here is Bamp. And he said, if we let that fire get out, it'll burn down Bamp. He said, so we practice a fire control. I thought, man, I told Brother Jerry, it sounded like a lot of preachers to me. A lot of churches that want to practice fire control. And they only want it to burn so far, burn so much. Or, or do, so I said, let the fire go. Let it burn. Let's just burn it down this morning. Amen, because fire brings life. Amen, I got to researching that on, on fire bringing life, and I got it here again. Amen, uh, the sequoias over there lives for 3,000 3, years, and they've been, some of them seen history for a long time. And you know, they, they, they grow up and they become great, big, magnificent trees, and, and they so, I've never actually got to go one of these days, I'd like to, but they're so beautiful and so tall and so high. They said, but it takes a fire to come down and to be, for them to be able to reproduce. And so you know what happens. People, the, the naturalists or the tree huggers, as some of them are called, they try to protect the environment, but really they're actually hurting the environment. They're hurting the reproduction, and sooner or later these old trees are going to be gone, and there's no wildlife going to come back up again because they have taken the fire out. 
and without the fire, they can't reproduce. And that's how they're born. They're born of the fire. A fire gives them three things they need for regeneration. That blows my mind. Three things. First one, it punches a hole in the force which allows more light to come. It allows more light to come and more water to fall. Hallelujah. That's why we need the fire of God in our midst because it needs to punch a hole in our unbelief. It needs to punch a hole in our shadows and our, and our, our weary fear, weird feelings and punch a hole right through it that light can come back in. The second thing it does, it heats up the cone in those mature trees without harming the trees. Hello, somebody. Well, I'm a mature Christian. Well, the fire ain't going to hurt you. Amen. It's going to do nothing but help you. Without harming the trees, so those cones can open up and they begin to rain seeds down to the ground. And the third thing that it does, it clears away all the dead matter. Woo, all the leaves that had covered up the soil and it cut the deadness and, and, the, and the past mistakes and the past failures and the things that had fallen to the ground. The fire of God comes down and it cleans them all out. Because why? There's got to be seeds to fall in this ground and this ground has to be opened up so it can receive the life. Hallelujah. And this winter comes and the snow begins to cover it and it begins to get in a, a real cold situation and it seems like there's not gonna be enough light. It seems like there ain't no way this is gonna work out. There's a lot of coldness. There's a lot of weariness. There's a lot of hurts. There's a lot of this and it's covering me. But the light comes up and it gets stronger and stronger and the fire had burned a hole in there. And it begins to melt away all the formalities. And it begins to melt away all the coldness. And it begins to melt away all the other things that lay there until that seed is looking up at the sun. And it says what happens, that light sparks a life. Whoa, Jesus. That's why we need the fire of God to come service after service. Because we know the devil, he loves to build up bitterness and weird feelings and, and spooky things and all that kind of stuff around us to where we can't receive nothing of God. But I say, God, let the fire fall. Let the fire fall and burn out all of that to where the life can shine through again and spark life again. And from their birth, among the ashes, these seedlings have become the groves we see today. Out of the ashes, trees nearly 300 foot tall. But man wants to control it. Man wants to say God only does so much. And I want to call it a bunch of wildfire. Oh, I got to bring this in right here. There's a brother and brother, Brother Wayne's church got up and just preached here before we came to that camp. He said, there's wild, Brother Brad talking about wildfire, no fire. He said, I'd rather have some wildfire than no fire at all. So he, he said, right here is wildfire, no fire. Wildfire, no fire. He said, so somewhere right here in the middle is where we want to be. He said, but if I'm going to make a mistake, 
I'm going to be on the power side. <laughs> he said, that's where I want to be, on the power side. Amen. I believe if we, ought to, if we make a mistake, we ought to make it towards the power side. Amen. Every time. Say, God, send the power just now. Let it so build in our hearts and build in this service. It'll burn out all bitterness and hatred and strife and weird feelings and all that nonsense. All those dead matter that's laying on the ground, burn it out. Hallelujah. There has to be life that comes in this place. There has to be life that comes in this place. And if God has to burn through the bushes to open up a path to where his light can shine, I say, God, burn. Burn. He said, well, Holy Spirit, he said, now the Holy Spirit comes, of course, it wasn't sent to who those that won't receive it. It wasn't sent to them. So the guy told me, he said, I don't believe it. I don't care what you say. If I you raise the dead, heal the sick, prove it anyway, I still wouldn't believe. Certainly not. You're an unbeliever. It don't mean a thing to you. It wasn't even sent to you, but it was sent to those who believe. Amen. The message is to the believer. To them that perish, it's foolishness. But to them that are in Christ and part of that seed, it's life. He talks about his, his little story of a farmer that put an egg under a hen. We've heard it. He said the little egg, little eagle, he, took a little, he found a little eagle egg and he put it under a chicken. She was roosting and so, or, or nesting, so she, he put, her, put that egg under her. And she hatched out this funniest looking chicken. Odd little fella. Didn't look like them. His feathers wouldn't like the rest of them. All the rest of them chick, chickens recognized he's odd. He didn't even like the diet she was feeding him. He didn't like that scratching in the barnyard. He didn't have nothing to do with that. He wondered why he had to be the odd one around. He never tasted anything like that, that he liked. He just ate enough to keep him alive because he, he didn't like the taste of it. Because why? He wasn't a chicken to begin with. A hen would cluck, you know, days of miracles are past, and there's no such a thing. Just join a church and believe you got the Holy Ghost. It just wasn't hidden right. Not with that little guy. So he followed around the hen to one day. The old eagle knew she had laid some, so many eggs, and there was one missing. She knew that that eagle was somewhere, and she starts out on the hunt for him. And she circles over the mountaintop and down the valley and over everywhere where he might be. About this time, it's time for him to be born. It's time to be hatched out. So maybe a crow come in and picked him up or something else. Something picked up my egg. That egg was in his mind. He knew he had a son somewhere. I'm going to hunt him down. Woo, Jesus. And so does God. He's that great eagle. In his thoughts, he knew he would have a church. He knew he would have a people, no matter what's cuddling them now. Hello. No matter if your feelings are cuddling you and you're, it's just petting you. No, God said, I got a son there. And I'm looking for him. Oh, sin is over there cuddled up with you. You're drinking and your alcohol and you're smoking and your nonsense of the world. It's cuddling you and saying, it'll be all right. Everybody's going to heaven. Everybody's going to be okay. Cuddling with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
How many times we cuddle with stuff? Our own feelings, our own thoughts. Entertain them. We ought to be casting them down. Amen. Cuddling with them. He said, one day, as the story goes, this eagle flew over a barnyard, and she found him. Oh, for that resurrection to recognize that he wasn't a chicken after all. He was an eagle. All of a sudden, he heard a scream, and that scream led, look up this way. <laughs> look up this way. Oh, my, let's just bring it on down to where we're at. It was an eagle that started circling around Louisiana. You know, and it got over into Mississippi a little bit because it knew it had four eggs over there. And all of a sudden, these eggs have been over there, been hatched out under the denominational system, and they thought that was all there's ever going to be, but something on the inside of them said, man, there's got to be something more than what I got. There's got to be something that's, uh, that's something that can move me more than what I'm being here. And I see this church going off in the wrong direction and I don't want to go that way. But all of a sudden the eagle got over there and it screamed out. It said, hey, you never was a chicken to begin with. I don't know if y'all know this or not, but I'm gonna drop this in right here. But Brother L was sitting in his living room and his two kids was there in the house and all of a sudden, as he, I believe he was reading a message book or something along that lines, and all of a sudden, he hears, and he looks up and there's a light that come into his room. And it begins to circle and it goes down his hallway, down to where his kids were at. And he goes, Jemai, did you see it? Yes, sir, I did. Jay, did you see it? Yes, sir, I did. He said, what was it? I say, what was it? It was the light of God. And it was circling their house saying, hey, this ain't who you are. I got a better life for you. I got something more for you. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to leave you where I found you. But I got a word for you. And I'm going to bring you through trials. I'm going to bring you through every kind of thing. And I'm going to lift you up. Because you never was a chicken to begin with. Hallelujah. You never was a chicken to begin with. Chicken food couldn't satisfy you. A chicken dog couldn't do nothing for you. But once you got a hold of eagle food. That's what I've been longing for. It's a light. It's a spark. Spark something that would make a man who had a good place, had a nice place on family land, give it all up, leave culture behind. Let's be open now. Leave culture behind. Leave thoughts behind. Leave what he thought he had built behind. Leave it all behind. That's it. <laughs> hey, Brother L, you could have had a lot. I don't know why I'm going here, but we're gone. You could have had a lot better, easier life. I'll say it that way, maybe over Mississippi. Easier finances. Wife had a good job. Things were going along pretty good. But the eagle cry came. It ain't all been easy. No, no, it ain't easy to follow Jesus. It ain't easy to follow him and what he decrees and where he says go. You got to sometimes, you know, every time you need to sell out lock, stock, and barrel. 
What was that, Brother Joe? You need to burn the ship. Amen. Burn it. Because why? Why did they burn those ships? Because they wasn't going back. Long as you live a ship in the harbor, you sooner or later, you're going to get back on it and you're going to go back to where you came from. But the captain knew, hey, we're going to conquer this land. We're going to overcome this land. I don't know what's here. That don't matter. Burn the ship. And some of y'all need to burn the ships. Burn the past. Burn what's behind you. Let the fire of God fall on it and burn it all away. Because I can't go back. I won't go back. Because there's nothing to go back to. I'm all in. Brother Philip, it's one of the first songs you sang. I won't go back. I can't go back. And we ain't going back now. He ain't going back now. He burned the ship. Ah, the devil wants to whisper all kinds of things in your ear, but all you got to do is turn him back and say, hey, devil, see that back there? It's burnt. There ain't nothing but ashes back there. It's gone. All my past forgiven. All my faults buried in the sea of his forgiveness. All the things that I ever done, he told me them all, and he forgave me of them all. And he burned them all. There's nothing to go back to. He said, Mama, how do I get to you? Just start jump and start flopping your wings because you're an eagle. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like a hard flop. One job after another, Brother L, one mistake, this, that, and the other going on, about to lose this, that, and it seemed like, well, and all, all the time, behind your voice is saying, you'll come back. You'll go right back to what you were, and you're flopping, and you're flopping, and you're flopping, but all of a sudden, there's a wind that blows. And you catch a wind. And that wind takes you into all things are possible. That wind's a Jehovah Jireh that provides for all of your needs. That wind is Jehovah Raphael, heal all your sickness. That wind will lift you up higher than you ever been. Hallelujah, you want a brighter fire? Let the wind blow. Tell me how I know, I know, I'm telling you, I love fires. Right out here. About burnt this whole place down. <laughs> you know what I did? I got me a dozer. And I wet that dozer. So I took me a, I made me a burn band all the way around that thing. Burn, what do you call them things? I scratched the grass off of it all the way around. And I went all the way around that property right over there. Oh, your, your trailer wasn't here yet. And I, I took it all the way around. Yeah. Pushed and pushed the dozer over and put her in park. Got off. And Brother Jeremy Schreiner was here. He's like, man, what's it going to do? I said, it's going to burn. He said, you ain't about it. I said, man, this evening the fire's going to get, the wind's going to get down and we're just going to have ourselves a good time. So we got over there and I lit that dude up. Brother Jeremy, he had one. He lit it up and it was going just fine. 
But I don't know what it is about a fire if wind gets in it. Hey, it can be no wind, and it seems like it ain't blowing in a long time, but all of a sudden the fire starts and wind gets in it. And buddy, that wind got in that fire and it got bigger and it got bigger and then it got bigger. And what I had planned didn't work out. It found a spot right over there on that L shape of that property that wasn't quite wide enough. Here I thought I had it fixed where it's only going to go so far. I thought I had it fixed it was only going to burn so much. I thought I had it fixed it was only going to... But you know what? That fire began to build up to such a point. It jumped over what I thought. Hallelujah. I say let the wind get in the fire. The wind of the Holy Ghost. Let it begin to build up in your life. It'll jump over what you think. It'll jump over what you think is possible. And it'll go into impossibilities. Hallelujah. This fire is a fire that I can build. This fire I'm talking about is not one I put a match to. This fire, he put it to it. And there ain't no wind. There ain't no devil. Think about that. A lot of times we create, we, we, uh, we, we bring the wind as the Holy Ghost and it is, but you know the devil's got winds as well. But the harder he blows at your fire, the bigger it's going to get. <laughs> Mercy. Amen. You might have come with a little bitty flame out of youth camp, but it's a flame. And the devil's being going, <laughs> you know, man's always into. He's always done what God's already done. You know, he made a mat. You ever seen them candles? You can blow them out and they pop right back on. Hello, man. They still got them. I think they do. Can't blow them out, and they pop right back on, and they pop right back on, and they pop right back on. That's what the devil's been trying to do to some of you. He's been trying to blow you out. And all of a sudden, the fire is back up again. And he tries to blow it out back up again. And it only makes it bigger. It only makes it stronger. It only makes it greater. Let the wind of Satan blow all he wants to against this church of the living God. She's only going to get greater. She's only going to get bigger. She's only going to have more power. dynamic power of God will answer the request of this day. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There ain't no hand going to hold you. Hallelujah. An eagle, a real eagle recognizes the call of God's word. An eagle to an eagle. The word to the word. Hallelujah. The word predestinated you to the word, written for the hour. You realize your position. He's hunting for it. Then this earthly body is quickened, brought by the quickening spirit of God to obedience to the word of God quickly when he wanted to know how he could get there with her. He had been taught he couldn't do that. You can't get no higher than you can jump. That's a chicken. Hello. He said, that was a chicken that said that. You can't get no higher than you can jump. He said, but this eagle said that's not so. Look at the chickens. Well, look at the, no matter what the chickens are, you're an eagle. 
Just start spreading those wings. Get a little exercise in them. Start moving up the word to the word. The works that I do shall you do also. He that believeth in me, the works that I do shall he do also. Because he lives, I, I live, he lives also. And if the spirit that raised him up from the dead dwells in you, it'll quicken your mortal body. What does it do? This Easter, I want you to hold it to me. He says to me, more to you than ever any other Easter ever did. I want you to see it. We know what it done for him. I want you to see what it'll do for you. It has done the same for you. Hello. He raised a mortal body up, a fleshly body up from the grave. But greater than that is a spiritual body. Every one of them were born dead in sins. Dead as we could be to our own beliefs and our own ideas and our own thinking. He said, well, Brother Timothy, this is a church full of holy people. Might have some holy people in it now, but they wasn't always holy. No, we were all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Born dead. Speaking lies. Laying in a grave. Seemed to be no hope. Satan had sealed it with a tomb. It sealed the tomb with a stone. Put a guard around it. Said there wasn't no way you're going to get out of it. Wasn't no way you're going to rise up above it. Wasn't no way you're going to live it. Wasn't no way you could do it. But a light came down. And that body that was dead in sins and wickedness and, and iniquities, it raised up. Oh my. And he rolled the stone in hell. He broke all the seals off. Some of you had the seal of tobacco on your life. Some of you had the seal of alcohol on your life. Some of you had the seal of pornography on your life. Some of you had the seal of lust on your life. Some of you had all kind of ungodly seals that had sealed you in a tomb, but he broke them. I'm here to tell you every devil seal is broke. It is broke in the church of the living God. It's a free church, free in the liberty of God, free in the righteousness of God, free in the spirit of God. There is now no condemnation. You once walked maybe with a big cigarette out of your mouth. Your women once had short hair and painted, painted up, carried on shorts, but something screamed. And you looked to it, and it was the word of God. No more, no more shorts for me. No more liquor for me. No more lying. No more stealing. No more this or whatever. The spirit that raised him up from the dead is now dwelling in you. It's also brought your mortal bodies, the dust of the earth, into subjection. Subjection to what? Christ. These things that I think is all right for women to wear slacks, the word says no. So it quickens you to that. You're drawn to it. You become part of the word. It brought your body subject. Well, you say, well, let me tell you something. My pastor, I don't care what your pastor said. It's what the word says. You know, we've had message girls that was in message churches. They had gotten married and moved to another church. And for the first time in their life, they heard it was wrong to wear makeup. Raised up in a message church. 
Listen, I don't care what your pastor says. It's what the word says. If you want to be a chicken, go on and be a chicken. But if the pastor speaks different than the word, then he's not a feeder of eagles. He's a feeder of chickens. Amen. The Bible said it's wrong to do that. And the man and so forth and all you do, it's wrong. Days of miracles are past. That's wrong. The Bible said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You say, well, that's just mental telepathy. That's just some kind of mind reading. This discernment. All those vision things, nonsense. They are to chickens. They are to chickens. They don't know what eagle food is. But brother, when you hear that scream, there's something in you. You're an eagle to begin with. You are that seed. That resurrection of the S-O-N is dawned, And the wave sheet is waved over you. If the spirit that raised him from the dead, the word, the dynamics of the word dwells in you, it'll also quicken your mortal body. And it'll bring it to life. That spirit that once liked to drink, run around, commit adultery, it's now quickened. Why? The thing died and you're now resurrected. Therefore, your bodies is a temple of the dynamics. Because from the beginning, you were part of the mechanics. Hello. Did you catch that? We've always been part of the mechanics. I was in his mind before the foundation of the world. I was a son before the foundation. The mechanics, the word spoke of me. But when he comes on the inside, you're not just a temple of the mechanics. You're a temple of the dynamics, the spirit that lives on the inside of you. And if that spirit that raised up Jesus from the grave dwells in you, you potentially have life led by the spirit to quicken you, the word to you to believe it. That little thing keeps pushing up as it grows. Notice at Pentecost and Acts, their bodies were quickened to new life. Look at the bunch of little cowards sitting there afraid. Afraid to claim the things of God. Afraid to claim what God had told him, what Jesus had spoke. But all of a sudden, the dynamics came, and it not only filled their spirit, but it quickened their mechanics. And their bodies were quickened. They were no more cowards. They went right into the face of the people and said, you men of Judea and you that dwell in Jerusalem, this is that. What the prophet Joel spoke of. Some of you people that are afraid, that more, some woman will laugh at you for having long hair or quit wearing makeup. Some of you men are afraid your organization will throw you out when you're baptized. Your congregation is spiritual baptism. You need to close yourself into the upper room till the dynamics come. Because it changed them, it'll change you. It quickened them, it'll quicken you. It made them different, it'll make you different. They were a changed people from that on. It quickened them from the old life of being a coward to the line of the tribe of Judah. They were absolutely faced martyrdom. They nailed to the crosses, crucified upside down, burnt, thrown in lion's den. No more cowards. Death had no victory over them. Dynamics was now in the mechanics. Quicken them till they spoke a heavenly language. He is the dynamics. I'm going to read a few here before we go. He is the dynamics of the mechanics. The mechanics of the church. What is the mechanics? Apostles, preachers, prophets, teachers, so forth. He is the dynamics that works that. It works by a certain dynamic which is called the fire. The fire that fires off the gas. He's the fire that's in the combustion chamber. And when the gas, the word is poured over that combustion chamber, he is the one that sets her fire. He is the one that confirms it. He is the power of the resurrection. He is God. He is the fire. And that's what he is. 
Mechanics ain't what runs an automobile. It's the dynamics that runs it. And mechanics will not run a church. The dynamics, the Holy Ghost that gets in the Word. It's not the seminary that can teach you theology and Greek interpretation. But the dynamics of the Holy Ghost is there to set that afire and to bring it to pass. Not the mechanics, the dynamics. The Word and Spirit, they are one that gives life. Said last night, we have put so much of on the mechanics and not enough on the dynamics. He said, my body is a mechanics and my body will not operate without dynamics, the spirit. The spirit operates my body. No more than an automobile with no gasoline in it, with no fire and power. No matter how I'm finding the dynamics or um, the mechanics are mean, the, the cylinders, the plugs, the points, whatever more. You've got to have current also. You've got to have those together. That's the way God is. And he said, our educational system, our denominational system has took the place of the Holy Spirit leading the church. Our great fine training of ministers and things has taken the place of the prayer meetings and all old time way we used to get to God. Instead of having preachers, we got lecturers, men that just knows the word just as well. They can sit there and put it all together in a way that's just astounding. They know the mechanics, but they ain't got the dynamics. We want the dynamics I don't care about the mechanics. I want the dynamics. It's the prophet of God. And the world falling apart. He said, I don't know how the how it works a car and how it all runs and pistons and how this all works together. I just know one thing. If you put the dynamics on there, it'll make it drive. I don't know how the car runs out there. I don't know how all that works. But if you put the dynamics on it, it'll make it dry. That's what we know. God made the promise. I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. How's he going to do it? I don't know. I just know the dynamics of God's system. That's the main thing. He said we have studied the mechanics until it's become all mechanical. What good is it if it's just mechanical? It won't bring the Spirit of God. It won't bring the power of God. Where is that Pentecostal blessing that used to flow through the churches? That's the reason our world is falling apart, because we got away from the real principles of God and educated men into systems and things. That's what got us into the condition we are today. And I believe that's why our world is falling apart. Mercy. So many more. I want to read this one. So what about, what about it now, Brother Timothy? What about the dynamics? What shall I do with Jesus called Christ? The dynamics of this church will be a refilling of the Holy Spirit. That we have worked in small measure while the headstone is coming down to unite to the body. But when that head and body unites together, the full power of the Holy Ghost will raise her up. Exactly like that, even the dead that's dead in Christ for hundreds and thousands of years will raise up in the beauty of his holiness and take a flight in the skies. The dynamics of this church is the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I say it won't be less dynamics. It's going to be more dynamics. And the dynamics of this church will be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. 
Hallelujah. Not less Holy Ghost, more Holy Ghost. You know, I, got, got, I was got on to one time in another youth camp because I preached too strong in the Holy Ghost. I said, Lord, if that's all I'm guilty of, God, hallelujah. I'll, I'll be guilty of that. I know we got to have the Holy Ghost. We got to have the dynamics moving in our midst. We got to have the power that'll make this church not only run down the road, but rise up in the air. Amen. And the dead in Christ will rise under the dynamics of this church. The dead in Christ will come up in that resurrection under the dynamics, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost that's coming upon us. So don't look for less. Look for more. Let's bow our heads. A lot more things, but I ain't got no more strength. Some of you, needs that spark. A refilling. Some of you needs a filling, but there's many of you needs a refilling. Because there's one filling, but many refillings. The devil, of course, wants to tell you, you never got nothing. You're just going back in the same old hole. You know, I am mechanics, and I am a vessel of the dynamics. Maybe you feel like you've been flopping a little bit, flopping around from one feeling to another and one thing to another. Why don't you just keep flopping? Just keep moving them wings. The winds are going to blow. It's not going to be winds. Sure, might be winds that try to blow you down. But what you need to look in that face of that storm and say it's going to take a stronger wind than this. I'm not quitting. I'm not turning around. I'm going all the way with Jesus. I wonder how many this morning would just want to stand to your feet and lift both hands up as a yielded vessel and say, God, I want those dynamics. I want that refilling. I want it. I want it, God. I know. I want it, Lord. Give it to you, Jesus. Dark spirit that wants to hang over you and steal your joy. Listen, much as I love to break you out of that, I can't. But you've been given something. Once you peck your way out of that old shell the devil tried to put on you, peck your way out into another atmosphere of the Holy Ghost. Let the power of God move through your vessel like never before. We be just real honest with God. Brother Timothy, the devil's been against me 
been whispering in my ear time after time, trying to make me go back, trying to push me back. This morning, I want to push back with all my heart. I want to push into the, into the realms of the Holy Ghost. And all things are possible. Listen, as much as that mama eagle wanted to pull him out of that chicken yard, that chicken, that eagle had to do something. He had to flop those wings. Much as that little chicken, mother chicken wants to get another little chicken or another mother eagle wants to get another eaglet out of an out of an egg, you can't do it. They have to peck their way out, push their way out. Listen, you get there's a power here that'll help you push through that darkness. That'll help you push through that stuff that's trying to lay over your life, that's trying to steal your joy and your happiness and your peace. Won't let you sleep at night, won't let you, won't let you just get rest so weary and worn out there's a power here in this building that'll push you through that hallelujah you as an eagle anyhow you're an eagle anyhow you're an eagle anyhow hallelujah Sometimes old eagles can get down into a valley. Your eyes all caked over. Get down in places that seems like nobody cares, nobody understands. There's other eagles that comes around. And they drop down meat. And they drop down things to give them strength for them to get their head and find a rock. Rock Christ Jesus and go to beating your head against that rock till that old molt and that old cake over your eyes come off this morning and you can see there's more with you than there is against you. That you can see the presence of God is here wanting to do more for you than you could ever think or imagine. And wanting to lift you up into places and spheres of your life you've never been. He's dropping meat on purpose this morning. There's dynamics in this building to give you strength to rise above it all. To rise. Father, the dynamics of this church will be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Be a refilling of the Holy Ghost, which has been worked in small measure while the headstone is coming down to unite to the body. But when that head and body unites together, the full power of the Holy Ghost will raise her up. Oh God, let the Holy Ghost be turned loose this morning. Turn loose in every heart and every life. The devil's trying to pull people over cliffs, but God don't let them forget they got wings. They don't have to fall off that cliff, they can fly off of it. Lord Jesus, may they just rise into the heavenlies this morning. All things are possible, Lord, I pray. May you break every cloud of doubt. Lord, there's a darkness here this morning that wants to hold back the children of God. But I defy that darkness. I defy that spirit that wants to lay over your people and say, you can only go so far. You can only be so much. You're going back to who you was. No, I'm not going back. I can't go back. 
because you have pulled me to where I am. And that pull is still upon my heart. And the pull that's from another realm is greater than what is behind. I ask, Father, that the power of God will break every stony heart, break every hard heart, break every dark spirit off of this lives, I pray. Lord, and let us spread our wings once again and fly into the heavenlies of heavens, Lord, I pray. Grant it, Lord, I ask it for your glory. Satan, you take your hands off of God's property. I say this in the name of Jesus Christ, house of hell. You give way to the name of Jesus. You bars, you break loose. You bars that's been holding the children of God. You come loose in the name of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name we pray. Every sinner can walk free this morning. Hallelujah. Won't you be honest with yourself and say, I need the Holy Ghost. Or I need a refilling of the Holy Ghost. Won't you flop your wings for a minute? Flop your wings for a minute. Won't you flop them all the way down to this altar and say, Lord, I need more of you. I need more of you. It's here. Come on, your way out is here. Your way over is here. Your way off of this cliff is here. Hallelujah, it's here. Flop them wings. Flop them. Keep flopping them. The wind's coming. Hallelujah. You were born for the heavens. You were born for the heavens. You weren't born for that down in the dump spirit that wants to come over you. You were born to fly. Rise above it. Rise above it. Hallelujah. Rise above it this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, I need a refill. I need you, Lord.
Why would I worry? Why would I worry when giants come calling my name? I know my God is so much bigger than oh, every I trial I face. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 